Father, we give you praise as we come to Bible study tonight, Lord, for those <clears throat> that will be viewing this video and this tape around the world. We pray, Lord, that they will have ears to hear, a heart to receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save our souls. Let the anointing be upon this word. Holy Spirit, have your way. We thank you for this day. We bless this day and this opportunity to share the word of God with the people of God. So, Father, bless this word tonight. Anoint us to speak your word. Give us the unction in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome tonight. We're going to be ministering. I'm going to talk about the power of the spoken word. Uh, it's so important that uh, believers begin to speak the word. I'm hearing so much, so much negativity that's coming out of the mouths of believers during this uh, pandemic, worldwide pandemic. There's a lot of people speaking negative things, even not even realizing that they're speaking negative. It's just a habit of saying negative things and speaking negative things. But I want to talk about the power of the Word of God because the Word of God can change any situation uh, when we yield the Word. So we're going to start off in the Bible study tonight in Luke chapter 5, uh, verse 15, verse uh, 5, 17 to 25. I'm going to read, read this. And uh, you can go along. I'll put it up on the screen. The scripture is up on the on the screen as he on the video. If you don't have your Bibles with you, and uh, see how God takes us. Verse seventeen says, uh, "And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which come out of every town of Galilee, and Judea, and Jerusalem." And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So the power of God was there to heal them. And they didn't realize that there was anointing and a power of God to heal them because they'd never been in a position or in a place where the power was resident. Verse 18 says, Now, and behold, men brought a bed, a man which was taken with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Verse 20, and when he had saw their faith, when he saw the faith of the men carrying their friend, he said to the man, thy sins be forgiven thee. Uh, you need to realize as we study this, uh, they've never heard that before. No one ever had the power to say somebody's sins were forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speak of blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? You know, we've been religious all this time, and we follow the letter of the law and the Torah, and, but we ain't forgive nobody any sins. They had to bring a sacrifice to us uh, to have their sins remitted. Roll ahead for another year. But here comes this man saying, your sins are forgiven you. And verse 22. But when Jesus perceived their thoughts. See, when you're flown in the Holy Ghost, you can perceive people's thoughts. He answered and said to them, what reason ye in your hearts? Whether it's easy to say that sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk. Uh, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and God anointed you, anoints you to preach the gospel of the word, you can literally feel the opposition coming at you in the spirit from people that are in the audience when they don't know 
or they don't understand or hear something new, a new revelation, you can literally perceive their thoughts and the intents of their heart, and you can hear what they're saying. And, 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 and when God anoints the pastor or preacher, you have the ability to pick up what they're doubting, and you have to begin to expound the word even greater to a greater degree so people understand what you're talking about. Uh, verse 24 says, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power upon the earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go in thy house. He said, so I'm going to demonstrate that I have the authority or the dunamis of power or the exusa power, the power of my word, the ability, the capability, uh, the miraculous ability to say what I'm about to say, man, right, take up your couch and walk. And immediately, immediately he rose before them and took up where he lay on and departed to his own house glorifying God. It didn't say that Jesus laid hands on him. It said that Jesus spoke Take up your bed and walk because of your faith. He perceived their faith that the gift of faith would operate. And he spoke because he said, I have the authority. So you know what the power is of my words. Man, take up your bed and walk. And so the power, the word power in that verse is the word dunamis. Dunamis means miraculous power, abundance. It means mightily. A mighty deed of or work of miracles. The word dunamis means power, the power and the strength and the violence to do it. Mightily, wonderful work. That's what dunamis means. It means I have the authority. It's like the policeman. I always give the example. There are two types of power. One is dunamai. It comes from the word dunamai, which means to be able, can do it. Could do it if I wanted to, might do it if I want to, might be able to, be of the power to do it. So Jesus said, I have the ability, if I want to do it, I can do it. I have the might to do it. I can do it. And the second type of power is the word exusa. Exusa. It means the privilege. I have the privilege or the force or the capacity or the competency, or the freedom. Uh, the good example of Zusa is the policeman. He has on a uniform. He has a, a, a taser. He has a, a badge. He has, he has a nightstick. Uh, he has a walkie-talkie. That is his force. He has the privilege to arrest someone. He has the capacity to stop someone. He has the freedom to do it. Or the mastery he had to go through basic training, he had to go to cadet school, he had to go to police academy, he had to learn the mastery, he had to learn the laws, he had to learn all the laws and statutes. And uh, that means he had the power or the ability to do it, the potentate or the uh, uh, delegated authority to do something, the delegated influence. Exusus delegated influence or authority or a jurisdiction. See, when you have the exclusive power, you have the jurisdiction. You have the authority. We have uh, regular city police that have the jurisdiction over the, over the police. Then we have the Kane County Sheriff. They have a jurisdiction, too. They can go all over Aurora and in the unincorporated county areas and, and uh, 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 as a policeman. 
and they have the authority and the liberty and the power and the right to do it. So when you have the exousa, you have the authority to do it, but when you have the dunamis, when the criminal uh, begins to shoot at him, he pulls out his gun, that's the dunamis, the power. That's the authority to use force or might or violence to do. The, kingdom, the Bible says the kingdom of God suffered violent and the violent taken by force. So let's get a little understanding of what Jesus did. Uh, he did something that had never been done before. He said, man, your sins are forgiven. And the religious folks got all upset. They said, this man's crazy. But you need to understand the state or the condition at that time of the Jews. So the Jews at that time, we could, uh, 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 as the political condition of the era at that time, this country was now under complete control of the Roman emperors. The land had been divided into several uh, provinces and had a king over each province. And uh, Judea was directly under the rule of the sub-official or procurator who was, uh, uh, his name was Pontius Pilate. And the Roman soldiers, they paraded the streets and all the Romans, uh, 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 the Romans picked tax collectors, Jews, sitting at every gate in every town. And they were hated by the publicans. The publicans were the public, the, 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 the people in the ghetto, the people, the lower class people. Because uh, extortion was the rule. If you go to Nigeria, uh, even now, it's still there. I've been going to Nigeria for quite a few years. Extortion is the rule. Policemen stop you. You got to give them some money or else they're not going to let you go. Or they'll bust your tail light out or do something to get a bribe or, or something to let you go. Even in India, I was, we were traveling in India. I was traveling about three, four hours driving. Uh, and uh, we came out of Salem and went to uh, uh, Bangalore. Bangalore was a different city. So Salem has a different city sticker for their car. And so when we got to Bangalore, the police stopped us. And they saw the Salem sticker. And they said, no, you ain't going nowhere until you give me some money. And I had to get to the airport. So we had to come up with some money for us to let us go. So that was the condition of the Jews, that they were extortion was the rule of life. Only a shadow of power were left to the Jews in the Sanhedrin. The taxes were high. The resentment was high. The president, the high priest, uh, uh, is, was set up and put down by the Roman governor. Uh, no death penalty could be imposed or carried out by the Sanhedrin or the religious church without the approval of the Roman procurator. And so they had very little power. He said, we'll let you have your church. We'll have to let you have religion, but you can't kill anybody. And the entire province was a seething pot ready to boil over with just a little agitation. You know the story of Barabbas. He was one of the agitators. He began to start fight against the Romans and stuff, trying to cause mess. So, the, and the, the, so that was the political atmosphere. The religious condition, uh, condition of the Jews had greatly changed uh, since now you need to understand, and even in this time, I need to say this to a lot of people because a lot of people complaining about well the prophets are not speaking and God not speaking in the church. Uh, listen, they had to go through four hundred years of not hearing from God. If God get mad at you uh, get for the next four hundred years, you said you've been in uh, quarantine for forty days and you complaining about not hearing from God. What if God said four hundred years? I ain't talking to none of y'all. Mm -hmm. The nations were now more orthodox than ever before. 
They had, they had been cured from the idolatry in their, in their synagogues and, and they attended the, uh, by the laity and the annual feasts were observed and, and strict regular, uh, uh, regularity and schools of theology were propping up everywhere. And, but in spite of all this, religion has sadly declined because uh, even when Paul showed up and Peter showed up, uh, they were arguing over, I'm of Apollos or I'm of Paul and I'm of this school and I'm of this school, but they didn't know God. So they were, they, were, they were following the letter of the law, but they didn't know the, the, the lawmaker. And so the condition was bad. The old prophets were almost idolized. That's why they say, I'm from Paul, I'm from Isaiah, I'm from Elijah, I'm following Amos or whatever. But the new ones were persecuted and killed. And God raised up new prophets. They'd come and they'd preach it, and they persecuted them, and they killed them, and, and they slain them. And it's like nowadays, people don't even want to hear what the prophet got to say. Most people don't want to hear the truth. Well, you're, you better not say that. The government will get you. It's, it, it's, there's a fear, and, and same fear this time. And we're in the same uh, 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 position that the old church was in. We're in a tight place next week. This next seven days is Pentecost. This is the same type of condition they were in. The church was shut down. They were shut out. They were, they were hiding out. Uh, 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 they, they were being persecuted. And so the Jews' day was regulated by traditions of the elders, of washing, they had to wash all the time, and, and prayers, and fasting, and purifications, and, and it took a lifetime of study for a scribe to learn the traditions and interpretations of the traditions. They had laws, rules on top of rules. I mean, they, you had a big book this big, you know, this is what you gotta follow. And so, Jesus said, I didn't, come to, I didn't come to break the law, I came to fulfill the law, or fill the law full of me. And so then, in the religious class, you have the Sadducee class. They protested every minute regulation the Pharisees came up with. Because it interfered with their life of ease. Now, don't let the church tell me I got the fast. Don't let the church tell me I need to come to Bible study. Don't let the church tell me I need to pay tithes. They, 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 you're messing with my time. Don't tell me I can't go fishing on Sunday. Don't tell me I can't go golfing on Sunday. You're messing with my time, church. And they did not believe in the resurrection from dead. We have, we've got a lot of people that don't believe that Jesus died and rose again. And they were important politically because they control the House of Representatives and the Senate in our time, put it that way. The Sanhedrin of the, of the Democratic Party. Amen, that's what we got. And the Pharisees, <laughs> the Pharisees or the party of the common folk were the chief offenders in this, in this hypocritical age. Their religion dealt with the outside man and little appealed to the heart. Oh, I got the Dressed right. In our time, you got to have on um, tennis shoes and, and torn blue jeans and, and a T-shirt to come to church. It used to be you had to have a, a suit on and a tie and a briefcase, amen, and a business card. That, that was our, that's our time. We, we were the religious Pharisee party. And, and they don't, it's called the evangelicals. Evangelicals, they ain't got nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. They'll praise God and everything, but don't talk about speaking tongues. Don't, don't, don't give us that stuff. That's too much. And then you had the, the scribes in the church. The scribes were the self-righteous. And most of them belonged to the Pharisee party. It never occurred to them that they had to accept the kingdom of God and change. And so the Pharisees advocated a strict interpretation of Moses' law. 
Every little dot and every little tittle, you better do it. Every part of the law you had to do. If you, if you look at, if you go look up the word Pharisee in the Strong's Concordance, the next word under Pharisee is the word pharmakia. Or sorcery. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of strange. The Pharisee pharmakia is right up under there, under the next word. And so the pharmakia is sorcery or witchcraft. So the laity or the common people that brought the doves and the sheep and the goat for their sacrifices were not a part of any party. Amen? It's like our time. The, the uh, uh, Republicans and the Democrats are trying to get the poor people to get on each other's side. You know, you got uh, a Biden saying, well, you know, you, you need to vote for me. And you got the other one saying, you need to vote for me. And uh, everybody's trying to get the poor people to vote for them because they need the poor people to vote. If you, if you vote for me, everybody get a chicken in your pot. Amen. They didn't even say that no more. <laughs> and now it is, we'll get you a stimulus check. And so the laity, they were the bottom of the social ladder. Now Jesus knew that his short ministry of three and a half years, he had to bring many reforms to the self-righteous and the hypocritical nation. He had to have a plan. Three and a half years is all he had. is to come up to change a nation. First, he had, to, he had to use a means to cause the whole nation to hear his message. But yet hide his true identity for a little while. Wow. Least the people try to make him a king. By force. And so he had to watch his words so that he would not be hindered or stopped by preaching by the Roman authorities or say anything that would incite a riot or an uprising against the Roman Empire by the Jews. So he had to change the concept of his kingdom in the people's mind. They were so used to the temple and the Pharisees and the washings and all the religious stuff. He said, I'm bringing a new thing now. I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell is not going to prevail against my church. But he didn't just stop at the church. He went a little farther and said, I want my church to rise up and become mature. And then my church is going to begin to release my kingdom in the earth. So we have a, 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 a concept that the church began, but the church is still children, never growing up. So we never grow up, and now we have many who say, well, we need to go back to church. No, you need to stay in the kingdom and begin to advance the kingdom because the church should have been grown up by now. Jesus never meant, he said, I'm going to build my church, and once I build my church, then my church is going to bring the kingdom of heaven uh, into the earth realm. And so he had to change to the kingdom concept from a natural one to a spiritual one. Because Nicodemus came up to him and said, well, how do I enter the kingdom? He said, well, do I have to be born again? Oh, how can I be born again in my mother's womb? He was in a natural. He didn't think about a spiritual kingdom. And so he had to remove 2,000 years of religious tradition from the minds of, the, of, of his followers. And so he got 2,000 years of mess to clean up. And how did he do it? He did it with his word. Deuteronomy, 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23 says, He had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. He had put all things, God put Satan under his feet by his word. It is written. It is written. It is written. Say, you have to say it. And so he used dunamis or the power of his word to change a nation. Acts chapter 23, verse 6 through 9 talks about the dunamis of God. The Bible says, now when Paul perceived that one of the sad, they were of the Sadducees. Now they brought them before Paul before the, the, the Sanhedrin. They had arrested him. And he perceived that the that that one part of the Sanhedrin was the Sadducees and the other were the Pharisees. And of hope of the resurrection of dead, I'm called into question. He said, Paul said, I'm a Pharisee. He said, men of the council. He cried, men of the council. Hey, I'm a Pharisee. The son of a Pharisee and the hope of the resurrection from the dead. So right then and there, he calls a big uproar in the Sanhedrin because he's picked, he said, I'm a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. And so all of a sudden now, because he knew that the Republicans had more power than the, than the Sadducees, he said, there arose dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the multitude was divided. So he brought division into the Senate. And, and the Sadducees said there's no resurrection. The Sadducees said there ain't no angel, nor spirit. And so the Pharisees confessed both. So it's like our, our Democratic Party against the Republican Party. The Democrat says uh, you can kill the babies, you can abort babies, you can do whatever. You can have free sex, you can do drugs, you can do all of these things. But the Republican says, no, you got to serve the living God. We believe that there's a resurrection from death. We believe in Jesus Christ. And so there was a great dissension, a divide in the two houses. And there arose a great cry and then the scribes that were part of the scribes were the ones that wrote down everything you know they wrote the laws and they did everything whatever they, were, uh, they took the minutes of the meeting and the scribes that were the Pharisees part arose and strove saying we don't find any evil in this man but if the spirit of the angels have spoken to him, let us not fight against him. So the scribes, now remember the scribes are the Republican Party. They just, the people's party. And they, they said, hey, this, this man, this man, he must be here from God. Because they believe more than what the Sadducees believe. Sadducees believe in nothing. No angels, no resurrection from the dead. They didn't believe in anything. And so the scribes jumped up. And then verse 29 says, all the people heard him and the publicans justified God being baptized with John's baptism. See, the publicans heard John the Baptist preaching and they were the ones, the ones that were poor, the ones were, uh, that, that, that heard the word of truth. They got baptized under John. So they were the publicans. But the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected. It said, look what it said. It said, rejected the counsel of God against themselves being not baptized of him. And so there, there was the, a deuteronomist. Paul had the Zeus or the ability or the capability to begin to bring a truth to them and they begin to have a dissension. And so when the Zeus word is going forth and you're dealing with a natural man and you're dealing with a cardinal nation, they will reject the counsel of God 
and the power of God. If you notice when we've been on this pandemic, that all they can say is we need to hear from our scientists. We, they, we need to hear from the CDC. We don't want to hear from no God. We don't want to hear from no church. We need to hear from, the, see, they don't want God. They didn't want God. Luke chapter 7 verse 29 says, And all the people heard him with the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and the lawyers, see, they're, they're, they're people that are, that are senators and, and house of representatives in our states and in our government, that they reject God. They don't want the counsel of God against themselves not being baptized of them. How can they want to have God and they don't even know God? God said the carnal man is enmity of God and that they can't know you. So when you speak the word of power or the spirit of God's word, people that are not saved or that are carnal minded can't receive it because they can't understand it. Part of the problem Jesus had to deal with was unbelief and pride stops the spoken word or comes against the spoken word. In John chapter 12, verse 38 to 40, if you go in your Bibles, it says um, that the saying of Elias, the prophet, was be fulfilled, which spake, Lord, who have believed our report? Or to whom would the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe because Isaiah said again, he had blinded their eyes, hardened their heart, that they could, should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. These things said Elias, verse, verse 40, 41 says, these things said Elias when he saw the glory and speak of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the denomination, or the synagogue, put it that way. See, there are a lot of pastors that are in denomination that want to hear the truth. They know the truth, and they want to hear the truth, but if they come up with start baptizing people in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, they'll put you out of the denomination. If you start prophesying, they'll put you out of the denomination. And so that was the Pharisees. So there were people that believed, but because of the denomination, you know, because the denomination pays the pastor's salary and gives him housing. And so you have to submit to the denomination. If you don't, they're going to put you out and you lose your, your little paycheck. Uh, I know the, the, the uh, Methodist, uh, talking to Methodist pastor just at the, at the funeral, he said every three years they have to go to another church. They put them on a circuit. You got to go to another church. You can have a thriving church. You built that church up. It's thriving. And they'll send you to some dump in Rockford or some dump up in St. Charles or, or somewhere. Uh, this pastor here that I was talking to, he, he's, a, he's a black pastor. He lives on a way almost in Indiana on the south side, but he has to go all the way up almost to Wisconsin to pastor the church. Two hours away. Two hours away because of the domination. And so Jesus had to deal with this with the word of God. He had to deal with the covetousness and, and, the, and the unbelief and, 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 and the, uh, the wickedness of, 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 uh, of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, in John chapter 12, verse 41 to 43, says, 
uh, continue on. He said, when he saw the glory, he spake of him. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, many believed on him because of the Pharisees did not confess them, least they should be built out of the city. Verse 43 says, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. We're, we're, we're in that same boat. Here we are 2,000 years later and we still have men that want to be Christian celebrities. They want the praise of men. They want to have their TV program. They want to market themselves. They want to have all of this stuff. We're seeing the same pattern as of 2,000 years. They love the praise of men more than the, more than the praise of God. Pharisees, that party, were covetous. And Luke 16, 14, and 15 says, And the Pharisees also were covetous, heard all these things, and they derided him. And they said unto him, Ye are which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is abomination unto God. So it's very dangerous to follow the crowd in this hour, to follow what all the church is doing. You need to follow Jesus because Jesus did things differently. And we need to be aware that there's a shift taking place and that every old move of the spirit, a new move comes in. But the new move that comes in is still a revelation of the power of the spoken word of God. The word of God is still powerful. In, in Luke 16, 14 and 15, I read, I read that, that it was the, 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 the steam of men, it was hot, more steam among men, is an abomination to God. So you have to be aware of the hypocrisy even in the church. That's why the word of truth, when it's spoken, needs to prick your heart so you will hear the truth. The Pharisees had unbelief, they had pride, and they loved the praises of men. In Luke 12, verse 3 to 5, it says, Therefore... Whatsoever you have spoken in the darkness shall be made in the light, brought to the light. In fact, it says, for there is no, uh, uh, beware of the leaven, Luke 12, 1 says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Verse 2 says, there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, what you have spoken in the darkness shall be heard in the light. And that which you have spoken in the ear in the closets shall be proclaimed in the housetop. Uh, Jesus was very sad. He said, be careful how you speak and what you speak. Know you not that every word you speak is going to be judged. And so we have to be a very important, very uh, 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 succinct when we speak and not speak negative words because you're putting the word out there into the light of the spirit and the light of the word and those words uh, uh, create seed and it'll create a harvest a negative harvest in your life if you don't be careful about what you speak you have to speak positive words see the dark areas of our minds that we speak negative and critical and ignorantly are heard in the light of God's word. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and that which you have spoken in the ear, in the closets, shall be proclaimed in the housetops. So in the first chapter of Genesis, the rhema word was the word spoken in utterance. God said, God said, let there be, let there be light, let there be fruit, let there be animals, let there be seed. God spoke 
creation into existence, that speaking is the dunamis power of God. When you think of this whole universe and the order of this universe, the earth, the stars, the sun, how the sun, wrote, how the earth rotates around the sun and, and the moon and everything's in, in orbits around the sun and the universe, everything is powerful, everything is in existence. When you realize that, that the power which caused all these things to come into existence, you'll be able to see the power of the spoken word. He spoke it with power. But with all this power of his spoken word, with all this creativity, he created man, he created animals, he created seed, he created uh, the earth, the moon, the trees, the stars, the, gr the grass, everything he created, he still can't get man to submit to him. With all that power. The Bible says in Psalms 119, verse 130, he said, The entrance of thy words giveth light and giveth understanding to the simple. The entrance of his word. You, God can't even get man to submit. The, the, he said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word is so powerful that it divides soul and spirit in the Hebrews. It divides the darkness out of a man's life, out of a man's mind, so his, your mind can receive light of his word. In him was the life, and the life, the, do, the zoe, the dunamis of word of God, was the light of men. So one of the most strong, uh, strongest messages going forth in the church in these last days is that the body of Christ needs to avail themselves to God's power through the use of Holy Scriptures. To be able to stand against the onslaught of the devil and of evil spirits which the enemy has poured out on every level of life to destroy God's creation. If we don't know how to stand against the powers of darkness, we will not be able to stand and endure to the end. If you let the devil overcome you, you'll be seduced, you'll be deceived, you'll be drawn into all kinds of strife and contention and oppression. Error will captivate us, we'll have itchy ears, giving heed to every wind of doctrine. The conflicts that are going on in many spirit-filled believers and their families now are due to the fact that they have not appropriated the teachings, the exhorting of the word of God that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony even until death. Romans, Revelation 12, 11 said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word out of what comes out of your mouth, of your testimony, how God brought you through, how God gave you salvation, how God cleaned you up, how God delivered you, the word, and look what it says, and they loved not their lives until death. The church is suffering. The church and fell down on his face. It is stumbled. It's got skinned up knees and elbows. Because everybody is running from coronavirus because they love their life more than death. Sorry to say it, but we want to preserve this life 
because we don't believe the blood of Jesus is able to pertain us. We don't believe that he loves us that much that he will let us die. In fact, if we die, we're going to be with him in, 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 anyway and don't nobody want to go be with him. I'd rather go be with Jesus than be with all these heathen that are going to hell. So we've got some growing to do. Because we still love our life, but not unto death. We, 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 we don't want to die. I don't want to go. 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 I don't want to die. I want to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> I don't want to die of coronavirus, but if I go in Chicago, I'll get shot just quicker than I will of coronavirus. <laughs> Listen, pride, prosperity, power causes the church to reject God. I'm talking about the saints. Hosea 4 verse 6 and 7 says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge because you, priestly nation, you, priestly nation, God said you're a priest of the royal priesthood, a holy nation called unto the praises of the Lord. You're a royal priesthood. He said you, priestly nation, have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you. You say, forget me? I say, forget you too. That you shall no be no priest to me. Seeing you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Now this is God that's speaking to Hosea and to the church. The more, listen to what Hosea said, Hosea 4, 6, he said, the more they increased and multiplied in prosperity and power, azusa, ability of influence, the more they produce, the more they sinned against me. This is what God said. I will change their glory to shame. Wow. The more they increased and multiplied in prosperity and in power, the more they sinned against me. Folks were fighting to get to the beach yesterday. I mean, they were going out there and I got to get my boat in the water. I got to, I got to go back to my pleasure. Why are you messing with my pleasure? Amen. Why are you messing with my pleasure? I want to have pleasure. There was a long line. I don't. It, it was in the in the paper today in my city. We have a gambling casino on, on, on the road. There was a block long line of people waiting to get into the gambling casino. But we can't get a block long line to get people to come into the church. <laughs> Woe unto us that don't know the word. So the last part of the verse is left out by many. But not loving your life unto death. And submitting your body, soul, and spirit. Sanctifying to the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit in every part of your fleshly nature. So the enemy does not have ground to move in on you. Being in torment, being in oppression. Uh, uh, we got to open up the, we got to open the nation back up because people are killing themselves now. We got more people killing themselves than the coronavirus is killing them. It's because they don't have the word of God. They don't have the power of the word of God resident in their life and in their heart. And so they can't speak against darkness. They can't speak against suicide. They can't speak against oppression because they don't know what the word says. Mm -hmm. exactly. 
In these days, those that are living in the abundant life of Jesus Christ have allowed the Holy Spirit to reign in ascendancy over every area of their lives so he is in complete control. So we know what to do in a, in a plague, in a virus, and whatever. We listen to the Holy Ghost. He's in control. Jesus knew that they would have conflict in those days. And even in these last days, he knew it. So he prepared vessels to minister to his body of ice. He said, he said, let me split my anointing. Let me give an apostle, the pastor, the prophet, the preacher, the evangelist, the teacher. So I know they're going to need. And then let me send the Holy Ghost because they're going to need the Holy Ghost because they're not going to be able to overcome without the Holy Spirit. And so we need the fivefold. He said, I need the fivefold to teach them my ways through his power, through his anointing, so that people will not be deceived away from the truth. And so when you do not heed constant dealing of the Holy Spirit, we're open up to torment, we're open up to affliction, and we're open up to evil spirits. So we're destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. We, we forget God, God said, I forget you. So what do you need to do? You need to seek the wisdom and knowledge of the word. Proverbs 1 verse 21 23 says, Wisdom, she cries at the head of of every noisy intersection, in the chief gathering places, at the entrance of the city gate. Wisdom is out there on the beach crying, hey, fool, get out of here. You're not separating yourself. Get out. <laughs> get off the boardwalk. Get out of there. She speaks, oh, simple ones. You're open to evil. Will you love being simple? And scoffers delight in scoffing. Oh, we don't need no church. We don't need to hear the pastor. We're self-confident. Fools that hate knowledge. If you will turn, repent, verse 23 says of Proverbs 1, and give heed to my reproof, behold, I wisdom, the wisdom of God, I wisdom will pour out my spirit upon you and I'll make my words known unto you. You gotta be baptized in the Holy Spirit then you will know the words of the, of the Bible. It will become life to you. It will become rhema word to you. The power of God is in his word. And, and when you receive the spirit of God, it activates the power of God in your life, the exus of God, and the scriptures become alive to you. But as long as you're not born again, you can't even understand the Bible. O thou thee, thus O Lord, O high. You don't understand none of that stuff. You don't understand that Jesus is Lord. You don't understand that Jesus is, is God. You, you don't get that revelation until you get born again. The dunamis power of God. 1 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 2 verse 36 says, It is he, who? The Holy Spirit, who has qualified us, making us to be fit, and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ. Not ministers of the letter, the legally written code in the Bible, but of the spirit for the code of the law kills. But the spirit, the Holy Spirit makes it alive. The word kills. You can take the scripture and beat it over somebody's head. It'll kill them. 
But the Spirit brings life to them and love to them and understanding to them. He gives them the ability to break the word down to the unbeliever. It takes the Holy Spirit to do that. So he made us minister the, the word of God. God said, when I created all things with my word, I gave a gift unto mankind. The, the gift of power, the gift of divine power, obviously resident eternally in and through the word and expressed in manifestation as a living word. The nearness of the power of God is in our mouth. When we speak his word, when we speak his scripture, even in your mouth, and when it gets in your heart and you meditate on it day and night and it gets down in your spirit, that is the word that we faith we preach, that if thou would confess with your mouth, you got to confess it with your mouth, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds, proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The word proceedeth means it continually, it, it, it constantly is going out, even 2,000 years from now, it'll be preceding. There's a preceding word come from the throne of God even now. New revelations are coming even now. The, the preceding word comes out. The preceding word comes out of the mouth of God in his holy scriptures, and he gives us more revelation and understanding of his word. The knowledge of the Lord is in the word of God. Proverbs 1 7 says, The reverent and worship fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and the choice part of knowledge. The reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is the beginning and the principle and choice part of knowledge. It's the starting point of its essence. The scriptures, but the scripture says, fools despise skillful and godly wisdom, instruction. And discipline. Solomon asked one thing. Lord give me wisdom on how to come in and out of in your people. And the Bible says God made him the wisest man on the face of the earth. No one has ever been as wise as Solomon. Even to this day. Except for Jesus Christ. But he wants to give it to you again. Because Jesus restored what we got. Understand that you're a Holy Ghost field. Understand that you are Holy Ghost charged. The Holy Ghost is your alternator. Prayer is your battery. Building yourself up, praying in the Holy Ghost. Prayer is like the alternator, like the generator. The, 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 the alternator is up under there and the starter, you got to start an alternator and battery. All these work together. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who, by the inconsequence in consequence of the action of his power, his dunamis, his azusa, that is the work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, far over and above all we dare ask or think, infinitely behind, beyond our highest prayers, our highest desires, our highest thoughts, our highest hopes or dreams. God said, I'm able to do exceedingly beyond what you can even imagine or think. That means energy 
that overcomes resistance. The dunamis, the exus of God, is energy that overcomes resistance of negative words and of, of the forces of darkness and of delegated power. The dunamis word of God. The, the Zeusa word of God. The word of God is powerful. Speak his word. Dunamis. Mark 16, 16 says, he who believes, you got to believe this. He who adheres and trusts and relies on the gospel of him whom sets it forth and is baptized shall be saved from the penalty of eternal death. But he who does not believe, who does not adhere, who does not trust, in or rely in the gospel of him who it sets forth will be condemned. Now, verse 17 of Mark 16, and these attesting signs will accompany, and these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, the name of Jesus, in my name, my name has Deuteronomy, my name has Azusa, in my name they will drive out devils, cast out demons. They will speak new languages, speak in tongues. They will pick up serpents. Even if they drink something deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will get well. Jesus said that. All power has been given unto me. All dunamis, all power has been given unto me. Matthew 28, 18 says, Jesus approached and breaking the silence said, all authority, all power of rule in heaven, in the earth, under the earth has been given to me. Go and make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. God said, I got all the dunamis power you want. And I'm giving it to my church. I'm giving it to my believer. But the only way that power can come out of you is you got to speak my word. Don't say you said it. Say Jesus said it. Don't put your name in there. Put Jesus' name in there. I'm using Jesus' name. I got a uh, what they call a, a black card, black MasterCard. You know, the black MasterCard is carte blanche. You can buy anything in the world with it. They give you that card. You, you, you know you got power. So God said, I'm giving you carte blanche. Use my name. You want a jet plane? Put the black card out there. And you, you speak it out. Speak your plane out. Speak your house out. Speak your car out. Speak what you want. God said, speak to the mountain and be removed. He said, go on with my spirit and, and go make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you all days. All the days, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, perpetually, uniformly, every occasion, every minute, every second of the day, I'm with you. And to the very close and consummation of the age, amen, and let it be true. He said, there's never a minute I don't leave you. Through the age, through eternity, even if you, even if you die corona, you're still going to be with me. Even if you die from a train wreck, you're still going to be with me. Even if you die in a plane crash, you're still going to be with me. Even if the car run you over, you're still going to be with me. Even if you die, your, your, your dog bit, you, bit your neck off, you're still going to be with me. The power of the word is, is it, it, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two. 22, he said, Jesus saying to them, said, have faith. In God, not have faith in CDC, not have faith in the, the bishop so-and-so and, and pastor so-and-so and apostle so-and-so. He said, have faith in God constantly. 
Truly I tell you, whoever, are you whoever? Whoever says, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart that he says it will take place, it will be done for him. Jesus was walking with the disciples and he went to, went to put, pick on the leaves of the fig tree and there wasn't no fruit. And he said, no more fruit coming on you. You're supposed to have fruit. And you look like you got fruit. You're supposed to be fruit. It's the time for you to have fruit. You ain't got no fruit. That's like the church. A lot of you look real good, look real religious, look real Christian-y. But you ain't got no fruit, no, no word of knowledge, no, no peace, no grace, no person, no perseverance, no mercy, no, none of that stuff. And God said, kill that tree. But even in that state, Jesus said, no, Father, wait a minute. Let me put some dung around it. Maybe next year it'll bring something up. <laughs> Let me put some poo-poo on them and, and dung them and, and, and mess them up. And maybe they'll get a little better. Sometimes God's got to put you in a stinky situation to make you grow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus cursed that figure and said the following day uh, uh, he went to have come to Bethany. He was hungry and he's seeing a distant fig tree covered with leaves. I said, oh, I'm hungry now. Let me go get me something to eat. And he went to that tree. He couldn't find one piece of fruit on it at all. But when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the fig season had not yet come. He said to them, no one ever again shall eat of this fig tree. Jesus. Why? Because Jesus spoke the day before, I'm hungry, fig tree, you better have some figs on you. When I come tomorrow, when I come by, the Father said, you're supposed to have fruit for me to eat. He said, because God, he always in communication with the Father. The Father said, tomorrow, after this fast, you go over there, you're going to fast something on the tree. He went to the tree and said, ain't, ain't nothing else coming back on you. You disobeyed God. Tree, you disobeyed God. See, Jesus was speaking in the spirit. He wasn't speaking in the natural. He was speaking in the spirit. Something in the spirit was supposed to bring him provision and put it on that tree. And the tree didn't manifest what it was supposed to manifest. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you don't manifest what you're supposed to manifest, watch out. <laughs> if you don't bring forth what God called you to bring forth in the earth realm, watch out. Oh, Jesus. Say nobody again will ever eat any fruit off of you. Come on up to heaven. That's what he told Elijah. He told, he told Elijah. Elijah said, I'm the only one left. He said, no, you ain't. I got 7,000. You just having a pity party. I'm sick of you whining about talking about Jezebel. Let Jezebel kill me. Oh, kill me, Lord. Jezebel. Just said, come on up here. Go and know Elisha in your stead, and you come on up here. Tired of you. You messed up. Come on home. The power of the spoken word. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. If you begin to speak, miracles they will happen. If you begin to speak to your house, it's going to manifest. You begin to speak to that car, it's going to manifest. You're going to speak to what I want, to what you want, it's going to manifest. So I'm speaking, I, I pray for you now, Lord. Look, manifest that provision. Manifest that ministry. Manifest that building. Manifest that new job. Manifest it, Lord. I speak and I create it. You said you'll be a, a two or three touching degree on any matter, any business, anything. The word of God says that God said, I'll do it. I'll, I'll manifest it. I'll cause it to come into being. I'll be a wall of flame around you. Your agreement until it manifests. So as you begin to speak to your family to be saved, begin to speak to your health, be you healed. Begin to speak to that cancer, that arthritis, that whatever, that pinched nerve, whatever. Speak to that mountain. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe that God will do it and be healed and be saved in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, God bless.